What's up, Painless Flipping Podcast listeners? Before we dive into today's episode, I've got something special for you. Recently, I had the pleasure of joining an amazing podcast, and I wanted to share that conversation with you all. It's a fantastic discussion you won't want to miss. So without further ado, let's jump into that crossover episode and hear what we had to say. Enjoy. When you have a partner, you have to run everything through by them. It takes more time. But when you're by yourself, it's like, dude, you know, things get done quicker. Even if there might not be the right things, at least you don't have to run anything by anybody. And you don't got to split split 50% of your profit either. Yeah, that's good. So, you know, when it's hard. Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit brandonelliotinvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. I'm excited today. We have a gentleman out of Salt Lake City and jumped in the last five years back in 2018, doing about two to three deals per month right now. Him and a virtual assistant really rocking everything out. That's what makes up the business. He's got other things going on as well, but really simplifying wholesaling and teaching others how to be able to get started as well as a wholesaler. So wanted to really just deep dive into, you know, Nathan's experience so far, what he's been able to accomplish. And overall, if you guys haven't started in wholesaling yet and on the fence or looking to really get started as a real estate investor wholesaling, then I hope that today's episode, we can really push you over the fence and be able to help you make that solidified decision and start changing your life for the better. So without further ado, what is happening, Nathan? How are you? Oh, lovely. Lovely. I'm doing great. It's been a great day. Got a lot done today so far. Feeling good. Let's go. Cool. Anybody out there that doesn't know who you are, what you're up to, do you mind just giving that 30,000 foot view of where you're at and, and what you're doing in real estate? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I've been in real estate for about five years now coming up in May. Yeah. I started like most people. I started like most of you out there that maybe you haven't started. You start with the education piece. You're trying to learn as much as you can for free, you know, but what I started with is I just got right into it. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to say to sellers, but I'm a freaking go just talk to people. So I just started knocking doors, started making cold calls. And without having any mentor, any knowledge, I was just trying to do deals. And, you know, I got my first deal after three months of just straight knocking doors and cold calling and flyering. And yeah, it started like most people, they teach you just go find a deal, just go find a deal and you'll be able to get a buyer. That's what they tell you. Right. And I was like, oh yeah, sure. Let's do it. And that's been kind of my, that was kind of my experience for a long time. I was just like, Hey, let me just go find deals. Right. So that, that was kind of how I got started. And I don't want to go too much further into that maybe later in the show, but now what I do is I teach people the right way. I would, I'd say the, the painless way to get into wholesaling, not the way I started, like most people start, but I do that. And yeah, I'm just from, from Salt Lake city, Utah, grew up in Atlanta and moved out here, got married and just been a, on my real estate journey ever since. So that's kind of like who I am. And, uh, you know, that's how I kind of what I'm doing right now. Nice. So you grew up in Atlanta. And then when did you move out to Salt Lake? So I grew up in Atlanta. When I was 19 years old, I went on a mission for my church from 19 to 21 years old, uh, talking to people about Jesus. After I got back from my mission, 
my whole family was like moving to Utah because they're like, hey, my sister married a guy from Utah. So the, she moved out. My family's like, let's just go out there. So I came back and I was like, well, that's where everybody's going. I was going to school at the time at college right after my mission at Brigham Young University, not the one in Utah, the one in Idaho. There's a sister squad. I didn't make it into the one in Utah. I wasn't cool enough, man. I, I didn't have the grades. The ACT was too You're low. You're too cool. You're too cool. Too that's cool. why. <laughs> yes, yes. But so I went to that. So it was nice. It just worked out. Like I was in Idaho. Yeah. My, everyone moved out to Utah. And then ever since then, you know, just been when I was doing that college thing, I was going back and forth, back and forth, Utah to Idaho. And then I graduated, met my wife. And then we moved there. So that's Love how it. I got it. So why real estate? Great question. So when I was in college, after my mission, I had the, the experience of like talking to people and knocking doors. Yeah. So I was doing door to door sales throughout yeah. college. And after college, I was still doing door to door, but I was like, man, that's not the kind of the career I want. I don't want to be knocking doors for the rest of my life, even though it's great money. So I was like, what can I do where I'll be able to work for myself, uh, use the skill set of like talking to people, communication, and make good money. And it was real estate. That's just what I thought. I actually did a couple interviews where I was like, maybe I'll get an insurance, you know, a property casualty insurance or whatever. Nah, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. You know, I, I had to interview and people were like, I felt like they were judging me when I went to the interview. They were like, I don't know if you got what it takes. And I, I was a prideful person. Everyone's got pride, but I was like, man, you don't know what I'm bringing to the table. You don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, that's how I felt in these interviews. And I went to like a, a medical sales thing and the guy was like, I don't know. We'll, we'll call you back. We have a couple interviews. And that I kind of took that personal. I was like, bro, if you're not going to hire me on the spot, I don't want the job in my mind. Right. I wasn't saying this. So I was like, I'm going to go do my own thing. So I hit up my buddy from college who was doing lease options at the time. And his dad was a wholesaler wholesaled in Missouri. And I said, bro, I've been looking for jobs just because, you know, I'm tired of the door to door thing. You did lease options at college. Let's, let's start a wholesaling business. And he's like, okay, I'll quit. So he quit his tech job. I stopped doing door to door and we just went all in. That's how I got into real estate. Okay. And that was five years ago. So that's how you got started. Inspiration from your buddy's dad, seeing other people do it. You and your buddy actually decided to do it. Are you guys still working together today or what happened? Great, great question. So when the market shift happened, this happened like six months ago, I got a mentor that uh, Tom, do you know who Tom Curl is? He did, did Wholesaling Inc. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've had him on the podcast in the past. Yeah. So this is really cool. So the market shift happened. I was running Investor Thrive at that time. We were doing really yeah. good at the beginning. You know, last year we we're doing seven, 10 deals a month, making good money. Market shift happened. Most of our team was like virtual assistants, like closing deals. So as soon as that happened, virtual assistants weren't closing as many deals. Overhead was high. And I was the, the coaching company was doing fine. But my buddy, he was running the wholesaling. I was doing the coaching. And I, I yeah. went to him. I was like, hey, man, it doesn't really make sense to split everything 50-50. I know how to run a wholesaling company by myself. You do too. You're not interested in the coaching. Let's just break off. And Tom Kroll also said when I met with him, cause he, he's one of my mentors. He's like, why do you have a business partner? And I was like, I don't know. We just, we just became business partners in the beginning and we don't really need each other anymore. And he's like, get rid of your business partner pretty much. Hmm. And I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know, Tom, like we're buddies, you know, we're fun. We're cool. And he's like, I won't mentor you if you have a business partner. That's what he told me. And I was like, okay, well, it must be a pretty big deal to not have a business partner. Uh, I'll just do what he said. So I talked to my buddy. He was cool with it. He was ready to kind of, after the market shift happened, he was ready to try something else because we had to scale down anyway. And I was like, okay, so that's, we're no longer together. Thanks to Tom Kroll. Me and him are still tight. Like we're still friends. We watch UFC fights all the time when they come out and yeah. uh, we're cool, but it's honestly way better not having a business partner. No, no hate on him. It wasn't his fault. It's just, 
when you have a partner, you have to run everything through by them. It takes more time. But when you're by yourself, it's like, dude, you know, things get done quicker. Even if there might not be the right things, at least you don't have to run anything by anybody. And you don't got to split 50% of your profit either. Yeah, that's good. It's hard to find that that business partner that you can actually like lock in with and you guys separate the responsibilities and, and you know, be that shot caller within the disposition or acquisition and make sure that you guys have those different separations too. It's really, really hard to find that, that have that locked in like end vision too. So you guys are both on the same track. Okay. So it didn't work out in that aspect all for the better. Talk to me when it comes down to Salt Lake City. I mean, the whole damn country, I know COVID and even just last year when the, like when the market did take that big, huge shift, like the whole country had a big like hold up, but man, Salt Lake City was probably the biggest out of the whole country that really got smacked around a little bit. So what Gosh, bro. Don't yeah. Talk, talk to me. <laughs> talk crazy. about, talk about the nightmares for a second. What happened? Bro, we got rocked. You know, we got straight rocked. We had some flips going and we've lost a lot of money, but you got to look at it this way. Like you made a lot and we got caught, right? We, we bought yep. some, we bought some properties that we were flipping right. Like in April, like might've been right March, April time. And then when we were done flipping them, it was like into October or when the shift happened, when the interest rates went up. So we actually, we've lost a lot of money. I lost 80 K on a deal. I lost another 21 on a seller finance deal that were the bloom payment was due. And that one's crazy though, because the seller didn't get out. He didn't do what he said that we're fighting that one with a, a notice of interest or an affidavit memorandum, like we're a lien, right? We're putting a lien mm -hmm. on Cause he didn't just say what he did, but yeah, we've lost some money and we had to actually get one and refinance out of it. And now it's a rental. And now because the market has swung back a little bit, we're selling it right now and we're probably gonna make a profit, but we had to hold on to that one. So yeah, we got rocked and it's not me. Like, it's not like we were stupid and we had the wrong price. No. Properties values went from like half a million to like 400,000 and it like dropped a hundred K in some areas. Right. And, and nobody, uh, nobody was selling. Nobody was buying. It was just like one of those, that market really, it took a, a big, just total pulse overnight. I think the demographic here in Utah, they're pretty savvy people. I feel like they're like, oh yeah, that you're going to raise the interest rates that high. I'm just going to wait. That's just how a lot of the buyers were. I feel like they're just like, we'll see what happens. I don't need to overpay. So that's kind of what happened. And it's not me. Like I said, I talked to a lot of my buyers that I wholesale to and they're like, bro, I just took a 80K loss. Like the other hard money lender, we had a deed in lieu one of our properties back to him and he was cool about it. But he's like, dude, this happened to everyone here. You know, we're having to get a lot of properties back. So that's what happens. So you have to make sure if you're going to start flipping that you, you really get it at a discount. So for you wholesalers out there that, you send your deal out and nobody wants to buy it. These flippers aren't trying to get themselves in a bad spot, right? Because mm -hmm. they can lose lots of money like I did, right? Yeah. So what are you doing to position yourself differently now? Because I mean, I know the market's starting to shift a little bit better and starting to reopen. Like people are like, hey, this is taking longer. Now I still want to buy a home. So people are starting to get back out there a little bit, but it's still tough in your area along with several others across the country. So what are you doing to kind of set yourself up for success. Well, that's kind of where painless wholesaling, you see investorthrive.com behind me. Investor Thrive is the company, but painless wholesaling is like the method. That's kind of like where I uh, was able to shift my business. So what happened was I was like, man, I still want to do deals. My business partner kind of did his own thing. So, and I got this coaching business where I teach people how to, how to start, right? So the starting beginning thing is pretty simple. It's the scaling that can take a lot of time. But I was like, what can I do to get, keep doing deals, keep making money, but not 
require a lot of my time. And I was like, well, dude, the fastest way that I'm able to get deals is I know what my buyers want and I just see it on the MLS or I see a wholesaler posted on uh, any like Facebook group or any platform I'm a part of. And I just hit those people up and I'm like, Hey, I got a buyer for that. Do you want a JV on it? Or Hey agent, I want to make an offer on that. And I know I have a buyer. So it's like, that's, that's the fastest way to make money in my opinion, as a wholesaler is like, you're not trying to find a deal and negotiate with the seller and make them leave the house or like get okay. Like emotionally that they're ready to sell that can, I can take months to get a seller, like emotionally ready to move. So I was like, let's just go find the properties that are already for sale. That part's done. I just have to connect the, the end part, right? So yeah. that's what I teach people to do. And that's what I do now. It's like, I have great relationships with my buyers and hedge funds. I know what they want. So now I just look for what they want. And if I find something, then it's just like, I just tie it there. And that's, I call it painless because most, like I told you guys in the beginning, like when you first start, most of the time they say, just go find a deal. They're like, Hey, go find something. Like if you do, you'll be able to sell it. That's not true at all. Like just because you can find a deal does not mean someone's going to buy it. Like you got to know the right people that are going to buy it. Right. And another problem with just going to look for a deal when you don't know what you're doing is that area that you're looking at or that seller that you're talking to, that might just be a bad area. That might be a bad street. That might be a bad neighborhood that nobody's interested in, but you just spent three months, four months trying to negotiate before you even talk to anyone about buying it, right? You're just trying to get a deal. So that, that's how I pivoted my business is more buy, buyer focused. And that's, I believe that's like the right way to do it, period, whether you're in a hot market or a slow market. But especially now, it's like, let's talk to the people that are actually m making moves and buying still. That's that's who we need to focus on. And so your end buyer, you're typically wholesaling to hedge funds? No, not so much hedge funds. There are some hedge funds that are buying right now and they're still, they're not being super aggressive with their offers, but they're buying. But it's mainly like people that I've networked with in my market that I, I know their criteria really well. I can give them a call. They'll answer me. I'll text them. They give me an offer. That's what I mean. Like those are my buyers, like people that I've made relationships with mainly. And then when it comes down to lead generation, how are you marketing? So at the moment, there's enough deals online that I can look at. There's enough deals that are on the MLS. There's enough deals that I get from students or other wholesalers. And I get emails of other potential, like other blasts, right? And I just say, okay, that meets the criteria. That's what I mainly focus on. And that's free lead gen, right? That's free marketing. If mm. I don't do this, but if I wanted to like do more, I would basically just do a, a cold calling campaign to specific criteria areas where my buyers are, but I don't have to do that at the moment. And this is another thing, like when I told you two to three deals, sometimes it's one, sometimes it's zero, depending on the, um, the month, right? It just takes was to say it just take depends on when it's going to close but the reason why i think this model is better for me is because when i was doing seven to ten deals a month yeah that's cool that's a lot right in some months it was even more some you know the average but at the end of everything you have your marketing spend you have your overhead you have your employees you got all these expenses and then you got to split it 50 percent with a partner that's not you don't really get as much as you think you do we had like a two hundred eight thousand dollar month which you guys think is sweet right but it's like, well, hey, there was actually a lot of marketing that led up to get to that point, right? And expenses. So for me, when I make $10,000 or $30,000 right now off of one deal, that's like all my money. Like I get to keep like 95% of that other than paying for like a CRM or batch leads or privy that's like 300 bucks a month and a VA that's inexpensive. So I like it a lot more, a lot less stress, easier to run. 
run the big teams. It's cool, but it's not something I really am that passionate about. So then the, the key point right here that you're making is like, right now you are getting on a lot of other wholesalers list. And then when they send you the opportunity, you jump on it right away, try to tag it up or try to find your end buyer to be that middleman and, and partner up on that deal so that you can get some skin on it. And that individual that sent you that list, they're the ones that put in all the marketing, right? So they can handle that stuff. Yeah. You get a lot, you know, you get a lot more of just touching it for two seconds, connecting the dot and more profit for you. Yeah. I want to be that guy. I just want to be the go-to guy in my market where they're like, Hey, this guy's got the best buyers. He'll get you a deal done ASAP. But yes, wholesalers get on their buyers lists, MLS, and then JVing. You know, some people bring you deals and be like, hey, you want to split this or, or split it however you want? Yeah. So those three bring me enough. And because I've been loud about what I do on social media, like I have enough opportunities to look at. And then so your virtual assistant, basically, I assume that they would be just going through all of the MLS stuff, right? Yeah. So virtual assistant. So we have a website called sellyourdeal.io. If someone has a deal under contract, they can submit it. First thing that the VA does, that's the highest priority. Someone submits a deal, looks at it. If it's a good deal, he'll hit them up. If it's a bad deal, he'll still hit them up and say, hey, you're off on your numbers, renegotiate. So we, we educate as well, right? So he does that. He also has the buying criteria of our buyers. So he hits up Facebook groups that meet that criteria, that area, and MLS. He's actually got a, quite a different things, a couple of things he does, but his goal is to make offers. Cool. And how'd you find him? I was doing a 30 day challenge about my method, like how to do it. And uh, he was watching it. He's from Pakistan. He was just watching. I was like, dude, this guy's in Pakistan and he's watching my challenge. He's obviously a go-getter. So I just was like, Hey, come work with me because before it was just me. Yeah. Cool. And then, okay. So you're not spending anything on ads or it's really just your CRM and then the virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. Cool. And talk to me about like a couple of the deals that, you know, most recent or what you're working on right now. Yeah. So I did a $30,000 deal. So this came through networking, right? I got the opportunity from like social media and it was an aplex and I was planning on buying it. Right. So I, I reached out to a buddy of mine, a buyer, and I was like, Hey bro, and instead of wholesale this dude, let's, uh, let's actually let's buy this. Let me get like ownership on this. So he was bringing all the money and I was going to get like 15% equity in the deal, right? Just for bringing it and, and not taking a wholesale fee. And I was ready to go. Interest rates shot up even higher during the time we were doing this, especially for uh, like investment properties. So it was like 7% or 7.5. It was a lot, which made it difficult to cash flow on this property. So I was like, dang. And, and the guy's like, I'm out. I can't, we're not going to make any money on this. And in Utah in expensive areas, it's like an equity play, but sometimes you don't even want to get into equity plays, especially like right now, you don't know if it's going to go down. So he was out. And I was like, dang, well, I don't have any other buyers that would want this because it doesn't cash flow. But he was like, dude, I actually think I have somebody. So he did my strategy that I'm telling people to do. He did it with me. And he's like, I got somebody that needs to put their cash somewhere for 1031 exchange. So he gave it to one of his buddies and it was a $30,000 deal on a deal that doesn't really make sense. Right. But we got it done because of relationships. So that was a $30,000 deal. Another one came from a JV that I did with someone in my group. He brings me a deal, 280. He brought it to me. So let me let me go back. It was listed for sale by owner for 325. So he brings it to me at 280. And he's like, hey man, this is a great deal. I think that's, you know, that's what he thought. So I go and I do the research. I'm like, bro, I just called my buyer. They're at like 200,000. Like you're way, way too high. 
And that's kind of how I helped him. Right. I told him he was too high. I said, you need to go renegotiate this like 180 or lower so we can make some money. Cause I got someone at 200. So I didn't think much of it. I was like, good luck. And he calls me back. He's like, all right, I got him at 180. And I was like, oh, wow. They accepted. He's like, yeah, they did. So I was like, okay, bam, 20 K right there. 19. I think it was actually like 19. And then we split it. We did a, like a, a specific split. Cause he, he works with me in my mentorship. So I gave him a little bit more than a 50, 50. But that was another one that we did. And right now I got one that's in Fort Myers that uh, it's in a creative deal that I have. And it was above retail that the seller wanted, but they're willing to take nothing down and give us a balloon. So I'm giving that to one of my buyers for equity, like ownership in the property since it's an Airbnb and for an assignment fee. So it's just, there's a lot of, lot of ones that we're, we've done. I mean, I can keep going if you want, but. Um, no, no, it's good. You mentioned something, you know, when it comes down to the high expensive markets, like, you know, Salt Lake or Miami, New York, or California as a whole, you know, I live in San Diego. So I, you know, the million dollar plus it's very common. Right. And some people will definitely bet on those deals on just appreciation play, you know, equity over time. I think it should always be that secondary type of thing. So anybody brand new trying to jump in, you know, you can get creative and make these deals work one way or the other, the more savvier you are, the more tools on your tool belt, but appreciation should always be like icing on the cake versus actually, you know, betting, putting all your eggs on that appreciation because it could take three, four, five, ten 10 plus years. Obviously, you know, history repeats itself and, and in these high areas, it typically will do very well. But, you know, our properties here in San Diego, we have no money into any of them. We do the birth strategy and we are able to do it, have no money into them, have equity in them. And then it does force us to be creative and have to do short-term rentals, right? Like we couldn't do long-term and still we'd be basically breaking even. You're right. We wouldn't want to do that. Right. But if you can do the short-term, get cash flow in, in between, have the big tax write-offs and appreciation as icing on the cake, I think it's tremendous to position yourself that way. Any learning curves that you would, you know, if you could go back and redo or wish others could learn from, you know, what, yeah. what would you say that comes to, to mind right away? Well, that's why I'm so passionate about what, how I teach people. Instead of just like, hey, jump in, buy some, start marketing, spending money. Yeah understand your market, right? Like pick one market and the learning curve that I hit, it took me like two years. Right. And then I figured the strategy out. I was just like, uh, like spending money. And I thought spending money and getting more leads was the solution. Right. But that's not, not the solution. The solution is like mastering a market, mastering an area, understanding what people want or what you want and being you know targeted about it. If you do the shotgun approach, you're going to spend a lot of money and waste a lot of time. Cause there's a, you got to put it in all pulling a lot of leads. So if I had to learn again, I would probably just go to a RIA where I call a title company and I get in touch with someone that's literally like actively buying and one of the top buyers. And I'd say, okay, what do you want? And I'd go find it for them. And I would even leverage them to spend money on marketing if they have something they want me to do. But I would just use the relationships that I'm telling you, like MLS, JV, other wholesalers deals. That's what I would do in the beginning. And that's something you can, that wouldn't have cost me thousands of dollars and pay-per-click. I spent thousands and thousands of pay-per-click TV commercials. We did it all. And yes, yeah. it gives you a return. But when you look at like the grand scheme of thing, like everything, it's, it's, it kind of sucks <laughs> if you don't, if you're not specific. I also went nationwide wholesaling. Cause that was like a big thing. They're like, yeah, go nationwide. 
that also was a mistake in my opinion, because you can't master every market in the whole United States. You got to master your own backyard before you start or like whatever market, but focus on one thing. You know, I focused 3000 miles away at first over in Ohio. I mastered Mm -hmm. that market and then I started jumping into other markets, but there you you got it. Yeah. If if backyard is totally okay, but you don't want to do the whole country at first. A lot of people make that mistake in the beginning, right? That's good. It is such a mistake because they think, oh, it's grass is greener, right? Or leads are cheaper. Yeah, leads are cheaper, right? If you do the pay-per-click nationwide strategy, but you also get a bunch of crap and you spend most of your time, let me follow up with this lead. And you follow up, follow up, you get it under contract and you're like, oh, shoot, no one's really buying in that area. Well, you, you just spent a year, like what? Hours and hours wasting your time. It's good. I love it, man. Well, Nathan Payne teaching the painless way of wholesaling. I love it. So how can people get a hold of you and what's the next steps for you? Yeah. So like we talked about in the beginning, my goal is to help people to not feel that pain that I went through. Obviously in order to learn anything, you gotta, there's gotta be some sort of pain. You gotta, you know, you gotta fail your way forward. But my goal is to help everybody that wants to learn how to wholesale, to do it the right way, to do the most efficient, profitable. And not only that, but the, like with most integrity, right? You want to be able to, when you talk to people, be like, Oh, I actually can do this. Not, I'm just going to get it and hope I can do it. So that's the goal I have for everyone. If you want to learn more about what I'm talking about, if you just go to painlesswholesaling.com, painless, like my name, P-A-Y-N-E, less wholesaling.com. I do a free masterclass every Thursday. It's absolutely free. I show you step-by-step A to Z how to do this. And I give you like materials that allow you to do it, like my um, assignable contract for free. I hook people up with that and uh, among other things. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Just go to the website and register and we'll see you there if you want to come. Cool. Love it, man. Well, I appreciate your time today. And guys, if you want to reach out to me, you can always do so on Instagram. It is Brandon Elliott Investments, otherwise facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor. And then if you are a business owner looking to get up to $500,000, a big stack of cash, credit cards or credit lines, business lines, and so forth that we can show you how to liquidate into cash so that you can purchase more real estate, grow and scale your business all at 0% interest and do this every six months then check out creditcounselelite.com. That's www.creditcounselelite.com. There's a quick 10-minute video on there to give you more education. And by all means, just get a second opinion to understand like what you should have been taught in school. Afterwards, you can sit down and, and have that conversation with me or somebody on our team for Credit Council Elite and be able to talk about your situation and learn more about what we got going on. And if it's a good fit, cool. If not, sometime in the future, we just hope that you spread this information and get more people educated on it. Again, if you are looking to get up to $500,000 every six months at 0% interest, go to creditcounselelite.com. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. What are you waiting for? Do that right now. You'll get the newest notification every Monday. Leave that five-star review. Greatly appreciate all the love and support. And we will catch you on the next one. Till next time, God bless. Nathan, appreciate you, bro. Thank you for having me.